Welcome to episode 11 of the BCF ORG podcast, The Business of Business. I'm your host, Brian Fisher. In episode 10, we discussed problem solving. Today's episode 11 will be from the operations column. The topic, leases. The four podcast categories are management, operations, sales, and financial. This podcast series focuses on the various subjects and topics to help you run a successful, profitable business. They are approximately 10 to 15 minutes long, so you can listen while you're commuting. Hopefully, you'll find one or two takeaways to implement per episode. We're constantly faced with challenges, and this series assists you in breaking down these challenges into smaller, manageable components. Now, let's move on to today's topic, leases. A very common question is, what's the difference between leasing and renting? Well, the primary difference is the length of time. A lease is in effect for the period of time specified in the agreement, where rent covers a shorter period of time. Here's an example using a car. You fly into a city and you rent a car for your trip, usually a few days. If you lease a car, typically for three years, you return it at the end of the lease. That's days versus years. Leasing is one of my least favorite topics because I got burned a couple times. A word of caution, be very, very careful here. This topic brings back some unpleasant memories and bad decisions, especially with office equipment like copiers and postage machines. Make sure to read the fine print, especially when it comes to renewal windows, terms, and length of lease. Let's break this topic down into two sections, equipment lease and office space lease. With an equipment lease, you make regular payments, usually monthly, in exchange for using the equipment for the period of the lease. There are times when a lease makes sense, especially when you do not have to come up with the cash to buy the equipment. This allows you to use your cash for other purposes. Depending on the lease terms, you may own the equipment at the end of the lease period, or you can just return it. Whether you're starting a business or in growth phase, You need to have equipment and furniture to get you to where you want to go. Typically, cash flow is an issue during these times of growth. Depending on the lease, you can probably deduct your payments as a business expense. For the office, you typically lease items like copiers, postage machines, computers, scanners, faxes, printers, networking equipment, phone systems, and office furniture and or workstations. You may also lease vehicles or even manufacturing machines and other items. Leasing saves upfront cash and allows you to pay for the equipment as it's used. With items like computers, leasing to upgrade to new computers can be more cost-effective than paying for each upgrade outright. That's pretty much it for the office equipment. Just make sure that you know what you're signing. Now, let's move on to office space leasing. Negotiating an office space or industrial condo lease can be complicated, but can also be your friend. There are a lot of abbreviations, jargons, and words that real estate professionals use every day, and they assume that you know what everything means. Make sure you do. A term that was initially confusing to me was triple net. There are three types of net leases, single, double, and triple. Single net is where you pay the base rent and property taxes. Double net is where you pay the base rent, property taxes, and building insurance. 
TripleNet, I found to be the most common. It's where you pay the rent, taxes, building insurance, and common area charges like trash, gardener, and so forth. We were TripleNet with the common area charges added on as a separate charge, plus an annual COLA, which is the cost of living adjustment. We were responsible for the utilities and maintenance of the space, like the HVAC. You are usually required to obtain and pay for your own business liability insurance, which you want to do anyway, as we discussed back in Episode 7. Tenant improvements, or TIs, for your specific use are sometimes paid for by the landlord. These can include update flooring, paint, and relocating or removing existing interior wall or walls. This is all part of the upfront negotiation. Generally, the landlord will want access with advance notice. Specify the amount of notice the landlord must give before entering. You should generally include a sublease clause as your business conditions might change, and this gives you the flexibility to lease part or all of the space. Make sure you have a clause for how and when the lease comes to an end, including how much notice must be given and penalties for default. Regarding default, this is where the landlord or you have broken one or more terms or conditions of the lease and the recourse either party has if the breach has not been remedied. We will cover this a little later in the podcast. There are typically three different lease lengths, short, standard, and long. Short-term leases are typically one to three years. A standard-term lease is usually three to five years, and a long-term lease is usually a minimum of five years. There are pros and cons to each type of lease. Before signing a lease, make sure you look at the pros and cons for you and that you're comfortable with what you're signing. Short-term leases are the rarest of the three options. Many landlords tend not to like a short-term lease, but this all depends on various situations. Standard-term leases, usually around three to five years, are a compromise in flexibility and predictability between short- and long-term leases. I usually did a three-year lease with two one-year options. At first, it was a little scary and uncomfortable, but I got over it. Long-term leases are usually five-plus years and best when you have long-term contracts and stability. This is where you typically get the best deal. The operating expense clause lets your landlord recover normal out-of-pocket costs for running the building. Electricity is one of the biggest operating expenses. Typically, leases provided electricity can be paid in one of three ways either direct metering, submetering, or rent inclusion. Direct metering is the best. This is when the electric company meters your electricity and you pay the utility for what you use. When there's only one meter in the building, generally you or the landlord may install a separate meter to measure your electricity use. Your landlord pays the utility, you pay the landlord. This is called submetering. Otherwise, the electric bill is divided up, usually by square footage, and billed to you by the landlord. Monthly payment increases are usually covered under a COLA. It's important to understand the increase in COLA formulas. We had COLA in our agreement. We were there for several years, and I found out that we were paying higher than the going rate due to COLA increases. I renegotiated the square foot price we were paying with the landlord, and we did not have to move. Also, there's usually an alterations or tenant improvement clause. This says that you can make whatever non-structural changes you like so long as you get your landlord's permission. 
In my case, we were looking to add a demo room in the warehouse. That was okay, but we would have to have it removed when we left. The estimate was several thousand dollars, and I opted not to do it. Regarding maintenance, in a typical multi-tenant building, the landlord will be responsible for repairing certain listed items, usually structural elements, the exterior, and parts of the building's common areas. You're responsible for maintaining and repairing everything in your space. Make sure your responsibilities are specified and limited. Your lease should also stipulate that you're not responsible for repairing normal wear and tear. Some landlords require you to restore the lease space when you leave. You shouldn't agree to such an arrangement. If your business is subject to fast growth or industry swings, subleasing may be an option. If business goes down, this allows you to receive income for unneeded space but gives you the option of getting it back if needed. You should also include extension renewal options. This way, you can continue operating your business uninterrupted at the same location. Whatever you do, specify the terms of your extension option when you initially sign. You don't want to postpone this decision. We don't like to talk about disputes, but they can happen. There needs to be a dispute resolution process in the lease. Arbitration may be the best method to resolve disputes. This podcast is on over 20 directories now. Where you're listening, please click on subscribe or follow. And feel free to share this podcast with people who you think may benefit. A strong rating of these podcasts would be appreciated. If you would like to reach out to me with any questions, comments, ideas, or potentially be a guest, please go to bcforg.com. There's a red Contact Us button in the middle of the homepage. A LinkedIn symbol is on the upper right. Click on that if you would like to see my profile. All the podcasts are available by clicking on the website podcast page in the reference bar. These podcasts will be released the first and third Tuesday each month. In doing this episode, I was thinking about the advantages and disadvantages between buying, borrowing, leasing, and renting. So in the next episode 12, we're going to expand on this topic and look at the differences. In business, running a successful, profitable business is the ultimate scorecard. You are never done and can always be better. It tends to be more fun than work, frustrating at times, but can be very rewarding. From BCF ORG Corp., I'm Brian Fisher, wishing you the best. Thanks. Thanks.